He looks determined without being ruthless. Something heroic in his manner. There's a courage about him. Doesn't look like a killer. Comes across so calm. Acts like he has a dream. Full of passion. You don't trust me, huh? Well, you know why. I do. We're not supposed to trust anyone in our profession anyway. Hello everyone and welcome back to Asian Cinema Fusion. I am your host, Paul Martinez, and we're here with part two of the New York Asian Film Festival Review. This is, of course, we're talking about the 16th annual New York Asian Film Festival, my personal 11th, and one that I've seen the most films in out of all of them. This is, uh, I saw about 20, 21 films, I think. Definitely the most I've ever seen before. And as I talked about in our last show, that's not always a great thing. But uh, there were definitely, towards the end of this festival, there were some definite big winners. We're not going over those. This show, we're going over some of the ones I saw earlier. But there are a couple of good ones here as well. And again, like I said, we're kind of throwing away our usual format. Because we're just talking about films I screened at the festival. So we have some good ones uh, that we are going to go over here. And we're going to start off with Birdshot. 2017 out of the Philippines. And this was the centerpiece film of the festival. It's usually, um, usually means it's going to be a good one. And this is directed by Mikhail Red, who did a film, a very well received film called Recorder, kind of like a, uh, a murder mystery type of deal. Um, I did not see Recorder. I've heard good things about it. And, uh, so that's pretty much, I think this is his second feature film. So it's definitely somebody to, uh, to look into. And we're going to talk about the cast here. And it's just starring a very young actress in her feature film debut. Her name is Mary Joy Apostle. She plays Maya. As I said, it's her feature film debut. Young girl, probably somewhere around the age of 15, 16 years old. Also starring Arnold Reyes, who plays Domingo. You might know him from a film called The Commitment. I guess that would be his biggest fame to uh, claim the fame, if you will. He plays Officer Domingo in this. Uh, Q Aquino as Rodrigo, Maya's father. Um, mostly a TV series actor in the Philippines, really not familiar with him. And John Arcia, who plays Officer Mendoza, also a TV actor out of the Philippines. And again, to be honest with you guys, I've never seen any TV shows from the Philippines, so I'm not too familiar with these actors, but, uh, that didn't stop me, uh, in my enjoyment of the film. And our tagline, as you know, we always give, our, give ourselves a tagline for each film. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're pretty bad. And the tagline for this film is, The Hunt is On. So, what is this about? Well, in a small town, a young girl, well, I guess accidentally kills an endangered eagle. It wasn't really accidental, but she didn't know the eagle was endangered. And she kills it, and now has the police hunting for answers. And really, this film is about much more than that. So many things here. It's about a coming of age. It's about a small town police corruption. It's about family. And maybe what it's really mostly about is morals and how easily we can cast them aside. Now, what we have here is the story also of a missing bus and its passengers. Police are investigating. 
but when they make the slightest progress, they are stopped by their superiors and instead told to investigate the killing of an eagle. One young officer that we spoke about, Domingo, uh, played by Arnold Reyes, just can't let it go and runs afoul of his fellow officers and bosses because of it. Now, Mikhail Red really does a fine job here. There is some great cinematography. There is really some excellent acting from a relatively unknown cast, as I spoke about earlier. Pacing is something I've heard complained about in this film. I didn't really have any issues with it. Yes, it's a bit slow. But it kept my interest. And as we try to see if our protagonist can escape the investigation, will Domingo ever find the missing passengers? What about Maya's dad who's taken into custody as a suspect in the shooting of the eagle? There's a lot of little subplots going on here which really keep you engaged. Now, the film is billed as, as a suspense thriller, and that is a bit misleading. I would say more like a suspense drama. One that is told really well, with a mood setting that really works on multiple levels. And add to that Mary Jo Apostle's performance, and this was quite the watch. It's not perfect, and there was a slight disconnect with me on uh, some of the very quick turns with the character of Domingo, which felt a bit rushed. Uh, but overall, I mean, you could just watch a film without non-stop thrills, then I think this is a really good film. Like I said, it is a bit slow at times. Um, it's just much more of a mood film than a straight thrill film, you know what I mean? And I don't know if this is going to ever get an international release, but you know, if you're going to judge by the festival run it's gotten, then I kind of think it will. Um, you know, you know, it's getting played all over, all over the world, really, and to great reviews. And so, you know, it's, I think this is the type of film you have to ask yourself if it's the type of film you want to watch. There is some thrills, there is some action, not a lot, a lot of it, you know, a lot of it's just about character and what have you, a lot of talking at certain scenes. I find the film is a lot better than I've heard other people speak of it. Uh, but again, you know, it is a film that at times may feel a little slow. And if that's something that you think you probably wouldn't be able to sit through, then maybe you want to skip this one. But I personally think this was a really well-made film and really is starting to show. And we've seen it actually in recent years that the Philippines is really an up and coming market in Asian cinema. And they're, they're, they're not on the level of a Korea or Hong Kong or even China, which has made leaps and bounds. Uh, but. Uh, they are coming, and I think that this is a, a strong showing of what we will see in the future from this region. And I'm going to give this film a solid 7 out of 10. I enjoyed it, and I think most of you would too. Alright, moving on. Our next film, Blood of Youth. This is out of China in 2017. Directed by Xu Peng Yang, who was uh, responsible for Eastern Bandits. Also a film called The Roberts, which I have not seen, but... I heard it uh, did very well in China. It's starring Zhang Yi, who plays Detective Zhang, who you would know from Cock and Bull, um, very funny comedy. Uh, Zhao Di Wei as Su Peng, who, if you saw the movie The Guillotines, which you should have, it's a pretty entertaining film. They played Buka. Xu Tong Go plays Lin Kiao, who was in a film called Yesterday Once More. And... Guo Zhao Dong, who plays Conductor Lee, 
who you would pro- probably the best known actor in this film, and you would probably know him from Reign of Assassins, The Warlords, and A True Legend. And our tagline for this film is, Some Old Wounds Never Heal. So, a master hacker plays a game of cat and mouse with the police, a group of criminals, and an orchestra conductor. But what is his reasons for this? So, as you guys know, I am a huge fan of suspense thrillers, and at the New York Asia Film Festival, we usually get a lot of them. And one of the ones that most looked forward to was this film from young filmmaker Xu Peng. Unfortunately, this was pretty low on suspense, and even lower on thrills. This really felt like a bunch of different plot devices that were taken from other films and then, I don't know, somehow tried to be woven into a new film. And what we got was a shoddy piece of patchwork in my eyes. Uh, this is going to get by, you know, by the layman's of the genre. But I've seen this done before and I've seen it done extremely better. Now, what this film is trying to achieve is to keep you guessing as to what motivates a puppeteer and this elaborate orchestra of revenge. Problem is, it was too elaborate. Not that you couldn't follow what was going on, but there are a bunch of twists here. And I saw many of them coming from early on, but the problem is trying to explain to me why our protagonist went through all of this. Now, we do get an element that he is suffering from head trauma and illusions, and I guess that was the lame way to try to show us why any of this is even happening. But I ain't buying to it at all, really. It does seem like one of these films that try to be overly clever... For no reason. Uh, you know, I, I think back to a, a Korean film I've reviewed on here called Confessions of Murder, which was extremely elaborate as well. But when you watch that film and get to the end, it's totally understandable why it was done. This film didn't do that for me. I really just felt the motivation of what this guy was doing. I didn't want to tell me that maybe he was just insane. I don't know. I just find things like that to be too easy. Uh, as for the acting, it was okay, I guess. I mean, no one really excited me. I guess the best performance is probably turned out by Shu Tong Go. Very fine, uh, young, young actress. And she was the accomplice to Su Peng's mad scheme. Uh, this film, in so many ways, was just there. And that goes for the on-screen performances as well. They recite their lines, but I never feel any emotion. I really don't care about these characters. And in the end, I didn't really care about the revenge. If someone lived or died, it was all just kind of a blur. And when the big reveal comes at the end, I was mildly surprised, but in the end, didn't care either. I felt almost indifferent. And and that's a real telling thing when you watch a film, is to feel indifferent. Because why do we watch movies? We watch movies to be excited, to be involved, to be invested. This film just did not grip me in that way. It was not a terrible film, mind you. Some nice visuals, uh, really nice score. Uh, but in the, in this particular genre, especially in Asian cinema, you really gotta bring the goods to stand out. And this just didn't do it. Now, I wasn't left of a bad feeling after the credits rolled. As I said, I mean, I really think the best word I could use for this was I just felt indifferent. And maybe in a way that's worse, isn't it? I, I wanna feel something. Maybe hate it. Sometimes if I hate a film, at least something will, you know, I'll, I'll have an emotional connection to it. This film was forgettable. 
And, you know, I definitely wouldn't watch it again, even if it was just to remind myself about why I was indifferent about it. It just was a film, 90 minutes, and when it was over, I was like, okay, well, what's the next thing I'm saying? And that's pretty much how I felt. Um, I don't think it's a film you will hate or love, um, but it may be a film that you forget rather quickly. I give this a 5 out of 10. Unfortunately, one of the biggest disappointments I had at the festival. And maybe only because I really thought it was going to be good. Our next film. The Truth Beneath. So, this was made in South Korea, 2016. Directed by Yi Kyung Mi. Who you might know from Crush and Bluss. Really excellent film. If you haven't seen Crush and Bluss, that's a film we really need to talk about here one day on the, on the uh, podcast. Very good film. Starring Shun Yejin who plays Kim Yong-hong. Where, where would she be? Uh, you know, best you probably know from My Wife Got Married, The Pirates, The Tower. She's been in The Last Princess. Got rave reviews for that. I did not see that. The Classic, I didn't see, but I know she was in that. I haven't seen a lot of her um, outside of The Pirates, which I really liked her in, in The Tower. Uh, also starring Kim Joo-hyuk, who plays Kim Jong-chan who probably is best known from YMCA baseball team, My Wife Got Married. And we did a film that also played the festival called The Tooth and the Nail, which we'll probably talk about at some point. And Kim So-hee plays Choi Myok. really a TV actress, probably best known as she was in a TV adaptation of Solomon's Perjury, which was a Japanese film that we reviewed here on this podcast some time back. Uh, and also starring Shin Ji-hoon, who plays... Kim Mijin, she is a huge K-idol pop star, or K-pop star, I should say. Um, she, you know, she's a singer. This is her feature film debut. She's also a accomplished professional figure skater as well. Uh, she is definitely uh, someone to keep your eyes open for in the future. I think the sky's the limit for this young actress. And our tagline for this film is, Secrets Never Stay Buried. So, on the first day of a politician's big election campaign, his daughter goes missing. And now, that's the very basis of this film. But much like the title dictates, there is much more to this underneath. This is a carefully woven story, and Director Lee really takes the time to lead us through the eyes of a desperate mother to what has transpired. And it is truly Sun Yi Jin that carries this film. She is Really great in her frantic portrayal of a mother and a wife who seems to be the only one who cares to know the truth. You feel her desperation as well as her frustration as everyone else seems to be more concerned with winning an election rather than finding the missing team. Add to that the way the story begins to reveal not only to us the audience but her on-screen family as well a look into who Min Jin was. And, you know, I really felt this says a lot about society in general. I mean, do we truly know who our kids are, who their friends are, their relationships, loves? I'm sure some do, but I think it will be alarming to most how little uh, many of us really know about, you know, the children. You know, their, their children. I'm not a father, but I'm sure there's many parents that would be surprised at how little they know about their children. Not that it should matter. But I must point out that this is a female director, which is not very common anywhere, but especially in Asia. But I pointed out because I felt watching this as told by a woman 
and having the central characters as female, then we get a truly unique perspective, and it's one I enjoyed. And I also applaud the way Director Lee didn't make a film that would be labeled as a quote-unquote chick flick or what have you. I mean, this is a dark, unblinking ride. At times, I did feel dragged maybe a little there, um, but overall, I was fairly engaged throughout. One of the small complaints was the big reveal was pretty easy for me to see coming. And maybe I've seen too much of these types of films, as I've said earlier, not sure. Uh, but, you know, I also would like to point out there's a lot of similarities of this and in our, the outstanding first two seasons of a TV show called The Killing. And if you never saw it, I suggest you do. It's on Netflix and it's a really, to me, a remarkable uh, television program. And uh, this first two seasons, the storyline, in a lot of ways I felt a, a lot of similarities with what we saw in this film. Uh, but yeah, uh, The Killing, you know, it's on Netflix and you can check that out at some point. Uh, but alas, I do, dig- <laughs> I do digress as I uh, tend to do sometimes. But uh, back to this film, again, I, I really felt this was a very interesting film uh, told from a different perspective than we usually see. Uh, yes, we have female protagonists all the time. But with male directors and with a female director and a lot of the main characters being female, I just felt this film took on a different, I don't know, a different tone and a tone that I really enjoyed. Now, there's not a ton of actions or thrills. There's a good amount of suspense and overall was a pretty good watch. And I give this a 7 out of 10. Okay. Now, usually here is where we have our old school part. Of the uh, thing, but as you, you know, as I told you guys, because of the festival, we kind of got away from our usual programming script, if you will, or format. But I'm going to throw in one here that's not really old school, but older than anything else I saw at the festival, and that is Election 2005 of the Hong Kong, directed by the great Johnny Toe, who you should know uh, from Drug War, which we reviewed on this show, Heroic Trio. Running Out of Time, PTU, which we will review at some point, A Hero Never Dies, which we reviewed on here, uh, starring Simon Yam, who plays Lam Locke, who you would probably, well, Simon Yam's been in probably over 100 films, Bullet in the Head, Black Cat, the aforementioned PTU, Ip Man 1 and 2, SPL, a.k.a. Kill Zone. He was even in one of the Tomb Raider films, uh, you know, the Lara Croft Tomb Raider films. Simon Yam, uh, a huge... Mega star in Hong Kong. Uh, it's also starting Tony Young Kai Fai is Big D. Uh, you might know him from Cold War, which we reviewed on here. Prison on Fire, which we reviewed on here. Ashes of Time, Tai Chi Zero and Tai Chi Hero. Um, he was also in Taking of Tiger Mountain. Tony Young Kai Fai, mega star of Hong Kong. Louis Koo. Yes, this, this cast is amazing. Louis Cool plays Jimmy Lee, who was in Bullets Over Summer, which we reviewed on here, Troublesome Night, Flashpoint, uh, The Overheard Trilogy, White Storm, uh, Louis Cool, an amazing actor, and Gordon Lamb. Yes, this, this is an amazing cast. He plays Kuhn. He was in, of course, Trevisa, Exiled, Ip Man, and a film we're going to review after this, Dealer Healer. And there's a lot more which we'll talk about in a second, but the tagline for this film is, Politics is a Dirty Business. So, it's time for the Triad Society to elect a new leader. 
the two top choices now vie for that spot, and naturally, blood will be spilled. This is considered to be, by many, to be the film that pushed Johnny Toe into that upper echelon of filmmakers, and with good reason. It is using a bit of a dated look and feel, and almost makes you think of this as a film from the Hong Kong boom in the 90s. And it really works with the subject matter. And as I said at the top, this is truly an all-star cast, and they all deliver. I mean, my goodness, uh, just some of the other names that are in here. Um, Lam Sweat, who I'm a big fan of. Nick Chung, uh, so many more. This is really a great, great cast. And Tony Young's portrayal of the slightly out-of-control, headstrong gangster has been copied for years. And Simon Yan playing the yin to his yang, uh, pardon the uh, pun there, as the contemplative, calm family man works so well together. Uh, and, and that's just a, a part of what makes this film great. Another thing that makes this film really fun is the manic chase to obtain the dragon head baton, which is sort of like a crown or scepter, if you will, for a king. It's a symbol that you are, in fact, the head of the triad. And uh, this wild thread to the story was quite entertaining and a really enjoyable way to see all the great actors I named earlier. But at the core, this is a triad film, which I know some have take issues with. I find it a tad silly, to be honest. They are films about gangsters since the beginning of film. We have countless TV shows on the subject. Crime stories are big. And it's a life many of us will never know. And it's a glimpse into that world. And this film stands out as it pertains to an even less seen part, which is the power struggle at the top. Uh, there are a few twists and turns, including one that may shock you if you don't know what's coming, and in truth to me is probably the most important scene of the film, and what director Toe is really looking to convey in this tale, and I don't want to give too much away by giving out what that is, but trust me, if you watch this film, uh, you will know the scene, and uh, I think a lot of you will be agape when you see it. And then when you really think about it, you'll understand. That's really what that scenes of what this movie is all about. And your know, critics love this as well. I mean, it was nominated for 10 Hong Kong Film Awards, taking home four, including Best Picture, Director, and Actor for Tony Leung Kai-Fi. Now, I throw around the word classic a bit, but it's definitely needed here. Now, I, I kind of liken this to like a Hong Kong version of The Godfather in some ways. And no, I am not saying this is as good as The Godfather. But it is a really great film. And I give this an 8.5 out of 10. Uh, truly, if you are a fan of gritty Hong Kong triad crime films, uh, you, you have to see Election. There is a sequel, Election 2, also known as Triad Election, um, which some people have felt is even better than the first one. I'm not there with that, but it is really good as well. And probably at some point we'll... Uh, Maybe we'll throw that in into one of our old school reviews at a later date, uh, just since we reviewed this one. And it's a really great film. And uh, like I said, 8.5 out of 10. And this is pretty easy to find if you look for it. And I definitely would look for it. It might be on Netflix, actually. I'm not sure. But you should take a look for it. It's definitely around in certain places. And we're going to wrap up our show with Dealer Healer, Hong Kong 2017, directed by Lawrence Lau. Best known, I would say, for the Lee Rock films. Uh, his debut hit, Gangs, was a huge hit for him. Queen of Temple Street. These are all pretty much triad-type films, um, which is what he's known for. And starring 
Sean Lao Ching Wan as Cheetah Hua. Uh, we've talked about Sean Lao, I think, all the time. Um, Full Alert, Insanity, Running Out of Time, The Overheard Trilogy, so much more. Um, Gordon Lamb as Bullhorn, um, who we just talked about in Election. Uh, he's also been in Cold War and Gen X Cop. Really one of the most underrated actors going, and he is red hot right now. Jiang Yian, who plays Carol. Uh, you probably know her best from the 4 trilogy, if you saw that. Zhang Jin as Cat, who definitely people know from SPL 2, Rise of the Legend, and Ip Man 3. Uh, he is a really, uh, also, he's on the rise in Hong Kong and China right now. Uh, as, as a big star. And Louis Koo. I usually don't give you five names, but how can I not give you Louis Koo's name? He's in here. You know, he's billed as a, a special appearance. It's ridiculous. He's in the film a lot. Uh, and, uh, you know, Louis Koo plays a character named Harley. Uh, I talked about him earlier in all the films he's been in. So, um, I'll give you a couple of other ones that you may not know. He was in White Storm. Got an award for that. Also in Jet Li's League of Gods, if you saw that. It was cool in that as well. And the tagline for this is a story of redemption. So what's this about? Well, a former junkie slash dealer turns his life around and tries to do the same for others. And, you know, so, you know, when the festival still came around and I'm going over what I'm going to see, what I'm not going to see. This was one I was kind of on the fence with. I wasn't sure I really wanted to see it. But honestly, the fact that it's Lao Ching Wan. In the lead is what convinced me. And I'm glad it did. I am a huge Zhao Ching Wan fan. If you guys are fans of the show, you know that. I talk about it all the time. My opinion, maybe the most underrated actor in the world. And uh, he's just amazing. He's amazing in this show. And really, this was one of the best films I saw at this year's festival. Now, I thought going into this, was that's going to be one of these bland telling of some former degenerate that's now on the side of good and blah, blah, blah. Don't do like I did, blah, blah, blah. But what we got is a telling of this man's life and how it turned out the way it did. And as you can imagine from the cast, as I just went over, this film was carried by some truly wonderful performances. Not just the aforementioned Sean Lau, but Gordon Lamb is great here. Zhang Jin is great here. Their portrayals of young thugs was not easy to do as they are no longer young men. But it was a pretty good job. And it's when later on in the film, when they are older in the story, is when it really gets good. Because uh, I felt trying to look at them as guys in their 20s, when these are guys in their late 40s to be, and I'm trying to probably be friendly with that, you know, it seemed a little of a bit of a stretch, but they did a fair, decent job with it. Uh, but once we got them to look at them in their actual way they look in real life, I thought that helped the entire situation better. Now, this story does seem to get unfocused at times and heads off in a variety of directions, but this is a biopic. Um, you know, this is based on a real story. And in life, it does kind of seem to go off in many directions for us, doesn't it? Uh, you know, still, this is supposed to be a story. And honestly, I always hate when someone tells a story and it goes all over the place. Although, I'm probably guilty of that during this podcast sometimes, aren't I? Still, uh, you get what I'm saying. Uh, sometimes in a film, we kind of want a direction where we're going. This film did seem to lose that sometimes. It's almost like the writer would momentarily lose their train of thought. But what I think 
you know, at the at the core, what this story really is, it's a story about relationships. Cheetah was with his girl, his buddies, his enemies, the police, and the ones he's later trying to help. I would have liked to look a little further into the psyche of our protagonist a bit. But still, the film was pretty engaging, and there are some very heavy and heartfelt moments towards the end, uh, which I'm not going to give anything away, but I will tell you there were a couple people in the audience that were openly weeping. And when I say openly weeping, I mean openly. <laughs> but uh, still, um, this is a, a very good, good film. Not perfect. It's a very good film. There is some action in this. Uh, mostly, you know, gang fights, the usual street beatings, that type of action. I mean, it's not like a whole bunch of like great shootouts and explosions, what have you. Because overall, what this is, is a drama. A greatly acted and decently told one. And, you know, I'm going to give this film a 7 out of 10. Um, I definitely think it's something that uh, you guys should check out. Especially if you're a fan of, you know, this crew of actors who are really great in this film. Especially Son. Uh, Lao Ching Wan and Gordon Lamb, they are great in this. And Louis Koo and, uh, his supposed special appearance, uh, definitely brings it as well. Louis Koo, another guy who's just amazing, isn't he? So again, uh, definitely check this out. I, I really enjoyed this film. And that's our show. So, the New York Games of Film Festival is over, unfortunately. I had a great time as I always do. But the summer fun is not over. The old school, Festival returns in August, and I've posted links on both my Facebook and Twitter pages. It's all about the Wonder Women of Martial Arts. We're going to see films like Hapkido, Yes Madam, My Young Auntie, A Touch of Zen, and more we're playing. And it's going to be playing at the Metrograph Theater uh, down in uh, south of the Lancy Street. It's down there, though. It's all the way downtown. And... Uh, uh, so it's in Soho, the theater, Metrograph. It's a nice little theater. And, uh, definitely something that, uh, you guys should try to check out. The Old School Festival. Very good stuff. And like I said, check my Facebook page, uh, Asia Cinema Fusion. Check our Twitter page, which is at AZN Cinema Fusion. That's A-Z-N Cinema Fusion. You can uh, go there. There are links for the, uh, the festival there. And come on down and have some fun with some old school kung fu starring the ladies. And as for us, we're going to turn in about a week or so for part three of these New York Asian Film Festival reviews. And until that time, as always, I want to thank you guys for listening and bye-bye.